All right. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to episode number. God, I gotta quit doing that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say eight this time. Um, episode <laughs> eight of the Fresh Brains podcast. Uh, with you as always, I'm your host Scott, and I'm Brian. And uh, I, I guess we could say long time no see. It's been we took a week off there, a uh, week of Halloween. Uh, not because it was Halloween, not because we were too busy doing festivities and holiday stuff, but basically because I think I had some form of the plague, so I was laid up on the couch for a good week and didn't even have enough energy to put on a headset and watch a movie. So, yeah, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, well, my my wife made a, a great observation that you know she could tell I was sick because one of the things that I did uh, a couple weeks ago was I, I splurged and bought a um, bought myself a present which was, I'm a a pretty big fan of Lego and, you know, grew up playing with Legos. I'm also, you know, a huge fan of the Simpsons. So I bought the um, Legos Simpsons house, which, you know, is is out of print. I, it was cost way too much money, but I said, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. And that showed up while I was sick. And even though I'm home from work, uh, laying on the couch I've got this awesome Lego set sitting there and I, I didn't touch it. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. Oh my God. You must've been crazy, crazy sick. Yeah. So, so we took a week off, uh, but we're back now. So everything's back to normal. Uh, I think we're kind of also dealing with the hangover of Halloween. So I had, I don't know, God, way too much candy and, uh, Saw so many movies, I, I can't even keep them all straight anymore. So, be be good to get back to a little bit normal routine. Um, I I think this will be this will be good to kind of get back to normal. I don't know how how was your Halloween? Oh, my Halloween was pretty boring, unfortunately. I think the most exciting thing was uh, waiting to hear some of the comments from our few listeners who, I guess, forgave me for my sacrilege because <laughs> I'm so. Uh, unaware of most horror stuff yeah you were you 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 got off easy um yeah i was was monitoring a little bit and i mean basically there were very few comments at all and you know a couple of my friends that i did chat with kind of said well it was what saved you was the fact that i asked how old you are and once (laughs) once your age came into play they're like oh okay we're we're, we get it (laughs) (laughs) oh boy well so, but you know, I, I I still say that that's part of the value of doing this show because it's it's not just an age thing. Um, because a few weeks prior to watching Halloween, we watched Freaks, a movie from 1932, yeah. which you loved. So yeah. you're not, you know, you you can rest assured you're not one of these, you know, stuck up kids from you know, or millennials that's just like, oh, if it's old or black and white or it's older than 1990, I'm not going to like it. Like you, you obviously have already proven you're not that guy. So yeah, and I just discovered, didn't work for you. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I should rewatch it. It's, I definitely wouldn't say I didn't like it. I just, I think you've showed me some, so much cool movies in the past. I actually, I have no idea how long we've been doing this, Scott. Um, but since doing this podcast, you've shown me a lot of cool movies, and I just, I don't know, didn't get me as much as some of the others. The most surprising thing, though, 
I guess I didn't know how much I hate CGI and horror movies. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's awful. I see well, it everywhere now. It ruins things. It, it can, you know, and especially the stuff from the '90s because they were just starting to toy with it and figure it out. And there were even movies at that time that we were watching saying like, Oh, this is not going to age. Well, like we could already tell then and God, were we right? And there's (laughs) very few movies from that era that still look good today. Um, The, what was surprised me actually, this is not horror related, but um, I recently kind of went on a, little binge and rewatched the original Jurassic Park trilogy and was oh, yeah. shocked to see how well the first movie still holds up and like not just the story i mean the story is amazing but the the effects and all of that and i know that a lot of that is animatronics and, and yep. puppets and all that but like there's cg in there too and the it, it really really looked good but that was by far the exception to the rule not the norm so, yeah, yeah I, I I think CG is better than it used to be, but it's just inevitable that it will always date itself. And at, at a certain point, you know, so many years after it comes out, it'll start looking shitty. Yeah, that's a really good point, because I, even I, I go back and I watch Jurassic Park once in a while. And, you know, maybe I have some nostalgia fa- factor on that movie as well. But it's still a great movie. But, you know, thinking back, you know, I'm a big fan of like some of the old corny Stephen King movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if we'll ever watch any of them. None of them are particularly important. But I, I well, I guess The Shining probably was. But, you know, those are still pretty creepy, even the old ones, because they're typically like all animatronic. There's this one where it's just this like big giant bat monster underneath where this guy works. And it's, uh, it's like spoiler alert, I guess, but it's still a creepy, creepy movie. I guess I never thought that it was just because the, uh, CGI stuff sort of ages itself. Yeah. Yeah. The practical effects are always better. Um, the eighties, as we start doing more eighties horror movies, like that's a, that's a great time for those because they're, that that's when, you know, kind of practical effects were in their heyday. I, I think, um, but yeah, so tonight we're doing uh, something a little bit different, which I think is, <laughs> I guess if you re- want to get really meta, is like the ultimate practical effect, and I'll explain why later. But okay. um, yeah, so tonight we're going to do uh, House on Haunted Hill, which is a movie by, directed by William Castle. Uh, let me see, I don't remember what year this came out. If I were a good podcast host, I would have prepared, but I didn't. 1959. Okay. So Um, it's an older one. Yeah. So black and white, uh, this is a Vincent Price movie. That's kind of why we did it. We had a listener request to to start doing some Vincent Price stuff. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'll get into the Vincent Price stuff in a minute. But yeah, William Castle directed this, and he was known for, um, I guess, gimmick filmmaking. Like it was, I don't, I don't honestly know whether he did it in every film that he did, but there, there were several that he, several movies he made where he had some sort of a gimmick built into 
not only the the film itself but like the theater going experience so some of the notable examples were he did the movie um 13 ghosts which i'm assuming you have not seen nope okay so when he did that the gimmick with that one was in the scenes where the ghosts show up they they did it with the like red and green gels kind of like the old 3d glasses um but instead of it being the red and the green together it was the ghosts were always red everything else was green or vice versa i forget which it was but what they gave you when you walked into the theater was this little card that had a, a green gel in it and a red gel in it and it was if you want a scarier experience look through the red one if you want a tamer experience look through the blue one and the blue one like would remove the ghosts from the movie the red one would make it so that that's all you saw but it was just this cool stupid little gimmick to try to make it you know more interactive um the tingler is another movie that you know is want to say it was one of his that had a you can google that on your own later but um had a, had a great gimmick in it involving like electrocuting people in the theaters um <laughs> yeah he he, he kind of went a little overboard on, on some things but it was it was very funny uh and and this movie is no exception there there's a scene in here that i won't tell you about yet because i don't want to spoil it we can talk about it after um after you see it but there was there was definitely audience participation <laughs> in this movie as well when you went to the theater in the 50s and saw this. Um, huh. So, yeah, okay. just a just a fun little trivia bit that for stuff William Castle liked to do. Um, but yeah, the the biggest reason that we're watching this is because it's a Vincent Price movie, which I don't know. Are you familiar with Vincent Price at all? Have you seen any of his movies? Do you know who he is? I'm just sort of vaguely familiar of him i've seen one movie i saw the last man on earth i think which okay. got remade as i am legend i think yep. and i've read that short story too so, but i think that's the only movie i've seen where like he really starred in it i no i think i watched the original fly the fly with you oh at yep, one yep. point so i that's all that comes to mind at least Okay, so you've seen a couple of his his big ones. And yeah, through this era, he did just tons and tons and tons of stuff. You can look up his IMDb sometime, but he's he's got just a huge filmography and he really, really loved doing the horror. So he kind of became like that just iconic voice and face of horror there for a while. Um, I, I can't even think of modern examples of anybody who's come close to the same kind of caliber and portfolio that he had. Um, there's certain names that are modern that are, I guess, close, but I mean, not really, but like you're Robert England's, you know, now, or, you know, he's a guy that's in just a ton of movies, loves horror is, he's kind of a face is a very recognizable persona, but, I don't think he has near the catalog that Vincent Price did. Um, Vincent Price just had this this air about him, this class to him, and a, a voice that you know I could sit and listen to him read the phone book. It was it was so good. But um, he kind of also very famously, if you've seen the Michael Jackson Thriller video or heard, heard 
you know, Michael Jackson's thriller. Yep. Vincent Price does the little, uh, they call it the Vincent Price rap, but there's like a little voiceover in the middle of that song. Like that's Vincent Price. Um, oh. He was main character on one of the spinoffs of Scooby-Doo, which was the most horror centric Scooby-Doo there was. It was the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo and it was about some real ghosts actually got loose and Scooby and Scrappy had to go put them back. But Vincent Price was a character in that cartoon voiced himself. Um, but yeah, he's, it was in a ton of Edgar Allan Poe adaptations in this era. Um, just, just tons and tons and tons of shit. Um, we could do a whole podcast just on Vincent Price stuff and probably never run out of material, but oh, cool. yeah, he, he's a great guy. He just steals the scene or every scene that he's in, but not in a bad way. He's not overpowering. He's just that, good and charismatic so um i don't i try not to bias you on this show with you know my opinions but i i think that it's it kind of goes without saying that he's just a, a very beloved actor and um part of horror history so cool so house on haunted hill is that's what we're watching and mm-hmm. this has been redone like a bunch of times right i think there's like a it's like a Netflix series about different this? thing, similar and easily confused, but no, that's not the same. There's okay. so this is actually very loosely based off of an old Agatha Christie book. Um, this uh, the book's gone through several different titles. I'll let you Google that on your own. A couple of them were a little politically incorrect <laughs> to say the least and has said its name changed a couple of times but the most recent and the way you'd find it now is um the book and then there were none which it's i haven't read the story but from what i've heard and read it's it's loosely the inspiration for this story uh okay. this movie was then to my knowledge only remade once and that was in sometime in the mid to late 90s maybe like 98 99 or something like that with uh i want to say jeffrey rush and uh chris Catan maybe were in that one but it was not a great movie i would from everything i've heard i would say just avoid it okay. but the other hill house that you hear is not the house on haunted hill it's the legend of hill house or the haunting of hill house and it's that's based on a um I think Shirley Jackson's story, I want to say, huh. um, but yeah, a different, different, different story, similarly titled. But. Well, okay, all right, but so we're watching House on a Haunted Hill, correct from nineteen fifty-eight seven. Yeah, I've already forgotten, Brian. Don't don't quiz me on things. Oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> don't quiz me on things either. Although I guess that's sort of what this show's about in some sense. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of other trivia to get into uh, other than from one thing I read with, that I think is interesting is that Alfred Hitchcock saw this and this is what inspired him supposedly to go make Psycho. But huh. also not seen that. whether that's true or not. I, I, oh, I know you haven't. And that's coming soon. Don't worry. <laughs> cool. So. All right. Well, I would say we can pause here, um, go get some popcorn, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute with our fresh thoughts on House on Haunted Hill. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Sorry. So you sounded more like Krusty the Clown there than anything creepy. Just <laughs> oh God, I did. <laughs> Maybe I could use a sedative. <laughs> so what'd you think? I loved it. I I thought it was great. I'm gonna try and make my friends watch it. Hopefully they haven't seen it either. I thought yeah, it was it's fantastic. On, it's public domain, so it's um free to watch basically anywhere, literally everywhere. Cool. Uh, in fact, I think you're, it's very likely that if you have any sort of movie collection or um, what do they call it? Like Mill Creek made a bunch of these a long time ago, but like those DVD multi-packs where there's like, you know, best horror movies of all time or something, which literally what that means is, hey, we found some public domain horror movies and put them together on a disc. <laughs> um, but if you have one of those, I would say 90% chance it includes House on Haunted Hill. Like that's just one of the like top five most famous public domain horror movies that's always included in those packs. So cool. Gotta go get some then. That's so funny. Oh man. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was really scary. There were a couple little jump scares, maybe. I don't know if I would have. I was kind of just really into the movie, so I would. I wouldn't say they were super, like, I don't know. But, man, it was very, very entertaining, I have to say. Yeah, that's a good word for it. It's, it's, it's entertaining. I don't, I don't consider it scary. I don't consider it, it's, I guess I would call, call it a classic. Um, but, you know, the acting isn't out of this world the writing's not spectacular the movie's mostly a, a big gimmick and it's super cheesy but it's just it's fun it's it's entertaining and it's fun yeah it was like i think it was it was kind of i mean it was it wasn't kind of it was aware of itself i thought you know even from the very beginning it's sort of at first i thought it was going to be kind of cheesy but then Somehow Vincent Price, I think I made a comment while we were watching it. He's he's like the only person I've seen who was is able to just like slide into a soliloquy, right? And pull yeah. it off. Like that was great. I normally that's like super corny or, or totally stupid. But that well and he he he, really he, well. he elevates the movie. I mean, so there's no denying the fact that it's it's a William Castle movie. It was a low budget movie. It's it's cheesy. It's cornball. It's low budget. It's not going to be the kind of movie that you you know nominate for Oscars. Like it's just it's just not. It's a low budget, cheesy kind of shitty movie. But as I've said many times, like 
to for me to say something's a shitty movie is not an insult. Like I like bad movies, and I I think that the only true you know bad movie is is a boring movie. Like if it's if it if it entertains me, if I have fun with it, then it's it's great. And the um, the thing that movies like this do well, and I think William Castle is is very good at this, is being aware of what it is that he is trying to do. Like he wasn't setting out to make Oscar worthy films. He was mm-hmm. setting out to have fun and to make low budget B horror movies. It's why he put the gimmicks in there. It was his way of just having a good time. And he knew that it was not going to be anything amazing. Um, So if you can, when we have actors or directors or, you know, people involved that know what they're doing and they can just embrace the fact that it's going to be a lower caliber film and they just own it and run with it. It's great. Like the products are fun and it's, this is a perfect example of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I got the feeling early on and I guess they did, they did this sort of with the floating head intro. Right. But then they proceeded to do it again. Like with the soliloquies, they sort of let you in on the joke kind of like, Oh, this is a movie for your entertainment purposes only enjoy I, I you know what i mean mm-hmm. they i at first i thought that was totally stupid but it was actually great and i think the other thing is that the movie was paced pretty quickly for the most part i thought you know yeah i mean it's short it's an hour and 15 minutes so they, yeah. they got got to get into it pretty quickly but i never i don't think i ever found myself of like da 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 ba, ba, ba. what's this is enough it was very much oh he's doing this oh she's doing that oh that that wall is now a door what are they doing i think there were a couple of scenes where that were kind of so predictable that they were funny but they were probably done a ton on purpose like the scene where she's in the nora's in the basement and she like watches the candles go out one by one and it's like like (laughs) i said like oh what's gonna happen next and the third candle goes out right yeah and you're right the the pace is good you know it kind of starts out they do a good job that even from the opening scene they they set up some intrigue like it's not just a ooh, what's gonna happen or we've got to wait and build up the story they start out right away and say yep i'm inviting these dinner guests to my house to this haunted house and if any of them can survive the night i'll give them ten thousand dollars each right away it's like you're intrigued because it's like ooh, that's that's a big deal like he doesn't know any of these people like why would he give that money away what's what's in it for him what's the catch what's what's the danger like you it's it's a great way to hook you right away then they play this whole angle of is it haunted? Is it not? And I think they kind of walk that that line pretty well the whole film to where it's never really explicitly explained or shown, yes, it's haunted or no, it isn't. Um, I think a strong argument could kind of be made either way if you really wanted to dissect it. 
but even if you are thinking like oh this is just a ghost movie with with a haunting the scene between vincent price and his wife in their bedroom like sets up this whole other a layer of intrigue because they very clearly have a um, tumultuous relationship <laughs> when they're talking about like, oh, I wouldn't have married you if I knew who you were or your jealousy is this or, yeah, you tried to poison me that one time, didn't you? You know, it's just like very clearly like, yeah, OK, maybe this is the real intrigue of this movie is are they just going to murder each other the whole time? And you know, the rest of it is who, who cares? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I actually, I think that was the scene where I, I, I was kind of enjoying the, the earlier parts of the movie, but I, I tend to like campy movies, I guess. But that was the scene where I decided, oh, I love this movie, I think, because they started out sort of like uh, tit for tat, kind of like teasing each other. And I just kept going. And then you're like, huh, that that wasn't that friendly. And then she gives him like this death look and she just sort of fades in and out of it. So kind of quickly, easily, I, I don't know, but it was like, Oh, Oh, they're actually totally crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, I don't know. That scene was super entertaining. I think it also had a soliloquy by uh, Vincent. Yeah, and just just to hear him go on and on about, you know, that their relationship, how they hate each other, they want they want to kill each other, they'd kill each other if they could, but then it still doesn't answer the question of what is it that he's trying to do with this party? Like, why did he bring these five people that he doesn't know? Why is he offering them ten thousand dollars? Like, it still doesn't answer that. So that's still this loose thread hanging out there. He also keeps referring to this as, well, it's your party. Like, yeah. she, because she keeps saying, well, I'm not going to come to the party. And he's like, yeah, you are. This is your party. Like, so it's like this. He knows so much more than we do. Yep. And he's not letting in on anything. So that's that's what keeps the mystery going of it's not just oh, we set up the story, now it's just watch haunted ghosty things happen for the next hour and a half. It's, you're, you're, you're hooked, or at least I am, trying to figure out, like, what the hell's going on? Like, who's, who's who, who's, who, who's the, or what's the purpose behind all of this, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think one of the things, so I think you mentioned the acting is not so great. I thought the acting was good enough. Um, the dialogue wasn't didn't seem super natural but i thought it was in some way somehow kind of it was great still like uh, i'm trying to describe this um but you know i don't know anything about film but so i think one of the things vincent price's character did really well all the time is people would ask him questions right because that everybody in the room was like oh he's pulling something on us and they would all sort of give a little crafty sort of like, uh, you know, opening to their question. And then they would ask him a question and he would just sort of get this sort of like, you know, like aquiline smile and, and sort of just give him some bullshit. Like, like he's, of course, he's not going to give them an answer. You know what I mean? I felt like they sort of did that the whole movie. Like, oh, you, oh, well, you can ask if you really want, but 
I'm just gonna tell you nothing. Yeah. I just thought that was so funny. I don't know. It's like somehow it was very entertaining to watch for me because of a lot of that stuff. Like just the way the the characters sort of interacted with each other. Well, in your comment that the whether the acting was good or not, I would say the best word I can think to describe it is it was serviceable. Like these characters fit the roles they were supposed to fit. And they weren't great. Nobody, like I said, nobody's winning an Oscar for this. But for those characters that you needed, they did the job. Like you you had the one kind of the older lady who was had the gambling problem. Like, okay, she's just background. Like she's she's there to fill in some gaps. But then you've got the guy who's totally crazy and believes in the ghosts. Then you've so good. (laughs) Then you've got the guy who is kind of the the straight laced one, the the very smart doctor, like he's he's the rational, logical, you know, Sherlock Holmes type. Then you've got the the scream queen who's gonna be the the you know uh heroine in trouble. And then finally you've got the the good looking guy who's gonna be there to to catch her when she falls and, and save the day and you know stand up to the uh to Vincent Price. Like you've got your very stereotypical characters and none of them did a spectacular job, but they they played the roles that they wanted to or that they needed to. The girl who needed to scream, she screamed when she was, you know, when that's what was called for. The guy who was um you know trying to solve the whole mystery, like he was asking the right questions at the right time. Like they did the mm-hmm. they did their job and that's about all you could ask. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think I just sort of, they did it well enough. They were serviceable, and I just sort of accepted them kind of quickly at, in their sort of pre-assigned roles. Sure. I guess. So did you see the twist coming at all? Um, you know, I, not not really. Like, I knew that she was trying to kill him, and I had a feeling that she was not dead when she hung herself, I think. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, ha- but I didn't see that she was going to be in league with the doctor. I thought that was great, and um, sort of explained some things. I mean, there were a couple of weird parts, though. Like, what was what was with the creepy monster hand? Yeah, who knows? And and I think that's what <laughs> tiptoes that line of is it really haunted or not? Um, or also playing with the idea of is there actually hysteria or not? Because the the one girl I, I can't think of her name now. Oh, yeah. She Nora or Noah Nora maybe. Um, she is definitely walking that line of like going into full hysterics. So there are things that we see from her perspective that would physically be impossible otherwise and they don't go out of their way to explain it there there are things that they go out of their way to explain when other people see them but when she sees things it's it's never um dug into for example once she then you know is is kind of toward the end she's fleeing she sees the um the wife outside of her window mm-hmm which that that part they explained away, but they did not explain how there was this magic rope that like crept into her room and like 
weaved itself around her leg, but then pulled itself out. But it did pull itself out. So therefore, there was no evidence for other people to see later. So the question is, did that actually happen or was that in her head? And she then left the room and she saw the wife hanging from the stairs again, which they had already taken her down. And moments later, we see the wife in the bed again, laying there asleep, you know, asleep. So it wouldn't physically be possible for her to have been hanging in the stairwell again. And no one else acknowledged that or saw that. So again, is that just her hysteria? Um, so in the monster hand, things like that, like that's, it's very possible that all of that is just things that are in her head because she's slowly losing her mind. Huh? I never thought about that. Um, It's it's a possibility. I don't know that anybody who, you know, made this movie gave it that much thought. I I have no idea, but that's one way you could look at it. Or you could also look at it as, like I said, there's definitely the possibility that the place really is haunted. Um, The, you know, the very first scene, you've got doors that are closing on them on their own. Chandelier Mm -hmm. falls things like that, that, yeah, sure, Vincent Price could have rigged all of that just to add to the atmosphere of his party. But considering the whole point of this party, when you once you know the end, is that it's the doctor who's there to kill someone, you would think he'd be the one who was trying to make it spooky. He's, he's trying to drive Nora, or whatever her name is, to hysterics. So it would make sense if he came into the house and somehow had rigged the chandelier to fall to start getting the tension going. But obviously that's not possible. He just walked in the door for the first time ever. So all of that would imply that either Vincent Price was in on the gags too to try to add to the spookiness or the place really is haunted. But they don't they never answer it. Yeah, I don't know. I think the doctor must have been there before, I guess, because he's like, everything's going according to plan. I don't know. Well, and obviously, if he's, you know, in love and having an affair with the wife, like, in theory, they've been there, or, you know, been somewhere together. So yeah. it's possible to think that it would be there. Um, we know that Vincent Price is involved in some of the gimmicks in that because he's got the you know, puppeteer skeleton at the end. So it's not too surprising to think that if he had that rigged up, he could have had this whole thing rigged up and maybe none of it was actually haunted. He just used the fact that it was a supposed haunted house to just add to the fear element of what he was going for. Um, But (laughs) yeah, and I guess he bought animatronic grandma too, right? Or I guess blind people float in this movie <laughs> yeah i mean or <laughs> she was creepy first set of rollerblades ever i don't know <laughs> i think she's the one who got me my first my first scare in the movie right where mm-hmm. nora turns around and she's right there just going Grr. i just thought that was the best oh, yeah she she's great and i mean there are a lot of little like open-ended questions here like why does the groundskeeper 
grab the girl early on and say, you need to come with me. He's trying to kill you or something like that. Like that doesn't fit. Like that's, that wouldn't make sense if Vincent Price legitimately has no interest in killing anybody. So that wouldn't, that doesn't make any sense, you know, to to have that scene there. But so, yeah, it's, it's not perfect. There's definitely some, some plot holes and things in here, but for the most part, still very entertaining. Yeah. Super entertaining. I, uh, I enjoyed myself the entire time, which is, which is great. It was fantastic. So the one gimmick from this that I was saying, there's either that I didn't want to spoil ahead of time, Mm -hmm. but, um, how there's William Castle always tried to add something to the theaters or theater going experience. In this one, what he had rigged up was at the scene uh, toward the end when the skeleton comes out of the acid. Uh In the theaters where this movie was playing, next to the screen up in the front of the theater, he had this like black box and there was a skeleton in that box. And so when the skeleton comes out of the acid, that skeleton in the theater would rise up out of the box and then there was a zip line that was over the head of the audience and the skeleton Ooh. would go flying across you know overhead of the the people sitting in the theaters <laughs> that's great yeah and then it would you know retract and go back down into the box but um yeah that was one of his most famous gimmicks was the skeleton flying around the theater in this movie that's so funny that's fantastic. Oh, I'm super glad you showed me this movie. And I'm super glad, I guess, one of our listeners told you to show me this movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I, I'm glad you're uh, a Vincent Price fan. You're not walking around, uh, walking away going, yeah, it was boring. And, you know, Vincent Price, he was kind of stupid, like, or anything like that. But we, we might be done if that were the case. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it was great. Fantastic. I, uh, God, I, I kind of want to rewatch it, actually. I think I would enjoy it again. It's kind of funny. Yeah, like, super Like fun. I said, go, go hit up YouTube or go buy any multi-pack of horror movies ever. It's, <laughs> you'll find it. <laughs> cool. I think at one point in my collection, I had like six copies of this movie just because it's on like everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. This Night of the Living Dead, White Zombie, Nosferatu, like they're they're fucking everywhere. <laughs> cool, man. You know, I've never seen Nosferatu actually. Yeah, I was supposed to go this uh, October, and the local theater in town had um, had that playing with a live pipe organist. Oh. And the they had to reschedule to a different night because the guy couldn't come. Uh, or had some travel issues and he was going to be a day late, but like I couldn't end up going the, the next night, but I was so pissed. I had a friend coming from out of town who was, you know, excited for it. And yeah, we had a whole big evening planned and had to cancel all of our plans. Cause some, some stupid pipe organist can't, uh, can't figure out how to work Google calendar. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't know how to use Google calendar? No, idiot. Dumb pipe organist. Play the piano with his hands and feet and probably his head too. <laughs> All right. Well, it feels good to be back. It was nice to take a little week off after after all the Octoberness, but uh, it's 
good good to get back into the swing i got some some good stuff planned i think for the next couple weeks we'll have some some fun movies coming so cool where where are you leaning now i mean i think we've done a good job here of hitting some of the like really old movies some of the kind of middle era movies some modern stuff like where, where are you starting to feel feel um most comfortable ah most comfortable um gosh i really liked i think i really like the weird creepy stuff like i really liked freaks i think that was fantastic i really liked um night of the living dead what were some of the other movies we've watched i like i like i guess i like feel bad saying this after i just mentioned freaks but you know i guess i still really like creepy monster movies kind of the Mm -hmm. most sure you know but like actual movies that really try and be scary yeah no a lot of the ones that well several of the ones that you're mentioning are also black and white too so that that bodes well oh yeah i guess that's true that's funny i never thought usually i mean again to your to your your friends comments about people my age not going back and watching the black and white movies I think that's true. Normally I'm going through movies, you know, it's black and white. I think, oh, I probably can't relate to that. So uh, I, you've kind of surprised me or helped me surprise myself <laughs> about that. Yeah, no reason you can't enjoy a black and white movie. Yeah. Not, none whatsoever. So. Yeah. You're still fresh. All right. So I got a good thing planned for next week. I won't spoil it yet. We'll post it Ooh. here to social media. Uh, before too long but um, yeah on that note if you have not joined our Instagram or Facebook groups um, you should head on over there where we always post the new episodes so you'll see it there first Uh, I like to post what the next week will be once I finally decide on what what the episode will be we we post it up there and yeah have some good comments and if you want to be like our listener this time and have a request um that's a great place to get a hold of us and uh, and let us know what you, what you want us to watch and what you want Brian to experience for the first time. Uh, you can also email us at uh, freshbrainspodcast at gmail.com. But uh, yep, we're out there. We're available to be, to, to be uh, communicated with, I suppose. <laughs> and listened to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you can find us pretty much anywhere. I guess if you're listening to this, you already know how to download us. But uh, I would recommend or request if you haven't done so yet, head over to iTunes and give us a, a quick review. Um, does help us get kind of up the rankings and at least discovered by by more and more listeners. So it only takes a second, but very much appreciated. So I don't think I have too much else to throw out there. Any Anything you want to say before we sign off this week, Brian? Um, not really. I think, I think that's pretty much it. I, I, I love this movie. I'm going to try and watch it again this weekend with some friends. So you haven't seen this movie, even though we may have spoiled all of it. It's still, still worth a watch. You'll probably enjoy it. All right. Well then until, uh, next week, I'm Scott. And I'm Brian. And just remember, if you're going to go to a murder dinner party, don't grab the gun with the blanks. (laughs) 